your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 350 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And there's a lot to get to today. What else is new? I mean, it's funny because this is our 350th episode, but I don't really have anything all that extravagant planned. I mean, the way things have gone recently with the Rangers, they're kind of... The gift that just keeps on giving as far as making sure that there's always something to talk about on here. But yeah, I mean, we'll just continue to dive into it. Obviously, the Rangers were in action last night, the second half of a back-to-back. Of course, they played the Capitals on Wednesday. They play the Bruins on Thursday. And to the surprise of probably just about no one, the Rangers just didn't have didn't seem to have a whole lot left in the tank last night. I think it's to be expected. There's just kind of a dark cloud hanging over this franchise right now. Uh, everything that happened with Tom Wilson, the league's complete uh, lack of a response to it, the fact that Jeff Gordon and JD were fired, and the fact that, you know, the Rangers' season is over. They're, they know they're not going to the playoffs, and they're playing a quality team in the Boston Bruins in their building, and a team that's looking to, I assume, go on, I'm sure that's what their goal is, to go on a lengthy Stanley Cup playoff run and probably saw this as a tune-up game, and that's basically what it was for them. Uh, The Rangers just didn't have any real energy, no scoring opportunities to speak of. I mean, I think they put about two shots on net the entire night. Uh, Just not a good performance, but uh, a poor performance that certainly was not unexpected coming off of basically just that emotional war against the Capitals the night before. Not to mention the fact that the Rangers don't have Artemi Panarin, they didn't have Pavel Buchnevich, they didn't have Chris Kreider, they didn't have Jacob Truba, they didn't have Ryan Lindgren. A lot of key players missing from the lineup for the New York Rangers, and what you got instead was kind of just this makeshift lineup. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about the line combinations in a little while, but first, I actually, you know, we'll get to the game in a little in a little bit. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. I mean, I, I pretty much just told you everything that you need to know, but we begin with... Uh, talking about the fact that the Rangers were fined $250,000 by the NHL for the press release that they put out where they basically just uh, went all in on the Department of Player Safety, went all in on George Peros as well, and the Rangers got fined $250,000, which seems like quite a bit. Uh, Let me uh, read the statement released regarding the Ranger fine, and then we'll kind of get into uh, some of the finer details and just my overall thoughts on the entire situation. So this is what uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman had to say regarding the $250,000 fine levied against the New York Rangers. Public comments of the nature issued by the Rangers that were personal in nature and demeaning of a league executive will not be tolerated. While we don't expect our clubs to agree with every decision rendered by the Department of Player Safety, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable. It is terribly unfair to question George Peros's professionalism and dedication to his role and the Department of Player Safety. Well, let me just correct uh, Commissioner Bettman really quick here. So the Rangers didn't say that he was unprofessional or that he wasn't dedicated, as Bettman uh, mentioned in his statement here. The Rangers said he is completely unfit to continue in his current role. To me, those are two different things. And I think the Rangers actually took it a step further. This, this isn't, they're not saying that, you know, 
Uh, George Peros isn't dedicated. George Peros might be very dedicated. He just sucks at his job. That's what the Rangers are saying. They're not saying that it's a lack of you know commitment to the role or a lack of professionalism at all. They're saying he is just flat out bad at this. And given everything that's happened over the last you know however many days here, what is it like almost a week now, about half of a week, uh, I would have to agree with the Rangers. And just for some context here, I mean I, I feel like I'm about to go crazy, just constantly comparing all these fines and and suspensions and all these you know player disciplines against one another because sometimes it feels like the NHL just they're playing roulette when they determine uh, player fines, player punishments, team fines, team punishments. But again, Tom Wilson, you got to remember, for all that nonsense that he pulled on Monday, was only fined $5,000, was not suspended. The Rangers, for words, words that I guess hurt the feelings of George Peros, hurt the feelings of Gary Bettman, hurt the feelings of NHL League executives, were fined $250,000. So, $245,000 more than what Tom Wilson got fined for all that nonsense, you know, putting players' uh, safety, their career, potentially even their lives on the line, and being a repeat offender. That's the other thing, too. You know, everybody talks about, well, you know, maybe it wasn't really that bad. Look, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Tom Wilson is a repeat offender, and I'm really big on that. When you've got guys that just continue to fail to learn their lesson and continue to act like that, then the punishment needs to increase exponentially, in my opinion. But yeah, the Rangers, $250,000. Tom Wilson, $5,000. So put people's lives and their careers on the line and, and everything like that and injure people. Uh, that's a $5,000 fine. But question authority. Question a member of the NHL front office. Question an executive in the league. Oh, yeah, you're going to be paying for that. That's $250,000. A quarter of a million dollars for words. And I realize, you know, Tom Wilson is just one person. The Rangers are uh, a very profitable organization. But still, $250,000 to $5,000, absolutely insane. I mean, I'm running out of adjectives here. I don't really know what else to say about this. I think you guys can pretty much tell how I feel about it. I'm sure I can feel how you guys feel about it as well. You know, I, I can just get a sense that a lot of people are really not satisfied with the way the NHL has handled its business lately. Uh, but we're just getting going here today. We have to talk quite a bit more about, you know, Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, obviously no longer with the New York Rangers. Chris Jury now in the role of president and general manager, and it looks like Glenn Sather is going to have a voice in the room as well. But uh, we're going to continue to talk about that. We're going to continue to talk a little bit about this Rangers-Bruins game as well and just everything that's next for the New York Rangers, and we're also going to get into Pavel Buchnevich's suspension. So got a lot to do today, and uh, going to get into all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but... If you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Also wanted to talk a little bit about the NHL's decision to suspend Pavel Buchnevich for one game. Of course, uh, it came as part of just that absolute melee between the Rangers and the Capitals the other night. I mean, the game was basically a subplot. Beyond that, it was it was just a fight. Um, 
But yeah, there's an incident in that game where, you know, Pavel Buchnevich and Anthony Mantha, they're basically going at it for their entire shift. I mean, they're going back and forth, you know, they're they're slashing each other a little bit, they're mixing it up. And then, you know, Mantha reapproaches Pavel Buchnevich towards the end of the play, and they both go at each other with their sticks up high, and Buchnevich ends up cross checking Mantha in the face. They both go down to the ice. Mantha takes his gloves off, thinking that it's gonna be a fight. Uh the linesmen are quick to break it up. Pavel Buchnevich gets a game misconduct, and he's also suspended for this game against the Boston Bruins that just happened last night. And, you know, I mean, look, again, we could compare everything to Tom Wilson and the fact that he wasn't suspended. I mean, to me, just taking this on its face, I think this is worthy of a one-game suspension. It was a cross-check to the, to the face and the head area. Uh, the only issue that I have with it is that Anthony Mantha was basically, I mean, as far as I could tell, was basically looking to do the same thing to Pavel Buchnevich that Buchnevich did to him. It's just that Buchnevich happened to get his stick up in the in the air a little bit higher than Mantha did. Um, so I think really, I mean, if you're going to suspend Buchnevich for one game, I think Anthony Mantha probably could have gotten a one-game suspension as well. Uh, the NHL doesn't do that. I'm pretty much just done and completely exhausted with trying to figure out how the NHL determines its player punishment as far as fines and suspensions are concerned. But of course, you know, the Rangers were without Pavel Buchnevich for the game against the Bruins last night. They were without a lot of their key players, and it definitely showed uh, just, you know, a lackluster game for the Rangers, just could not get anything going. Want to kind of shift our focus uh, once again to Chris Drury taking over as the Ranger general manager and the team president. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the last couple of episodes, but I mean, there's so much to unpack with everything that's happened here between all the Tom Wilson stuff, the war on the ice between the Rangers and the Capitals, the statement that the Rangers released, uh, the NHL's response to all these things, John Davidson and Jeff Gorton being fired, and me, you know, I, I kind of went to bat for both of them in the most recent episode. If you missed that, I definitely recommend it because for my money, I think Jeff Gorton and John Davidson have been doing a hell of a job. I really think this rebuild is heading in the right direction, and we just have, you know, James Dolan. Uh, is just basically a child who's not getting what he wants fast enough, and as a result, they both get fired. But, you know, Chris Drury, he met with the media, uh, talked a little bit about everything coming up for the Rangers. I mean, he was kind of vague. He didn't get into too many specifics as far as, you know, what kind of a team he wants to put together or what changes he might be looking to make going forward. But the interesting thing about me to all this is that, you know, Chris Drury had nothing but high praise for Jeff Gorton. He's worked uh, very much in lockstep with him over these past few years, and John Davidson as well. Uh, but it seems to me, you know, everything that I've read, even before this these firings happened and everything that happened, you know, this season, is that Chris Drury, you know, he's pretty much in lockstep with, with uh, Jeff Gorton and with John Davidson and that they have similar philosophies. They're looking to build a similar kind of team. It, it sounds like it's been one for all and all for one in that room, you know, during free agency, during drafts. That's not to say Chris Drury is going to be an exact replica of, you know, Jeff Gorton and, and John Davidson to a lesser extent, but... You know, just given that it seems like Drury, and I think this is the right thing to do, it looks like he's going to continue to just kind of do things the way the Rangers have been doing them. It kind of makes you wonder why, or, or how rather, Chris Drury survived this. You know, if, if the Rangers were just going to look to clean the entire office, you would think that maybe he would have been fired along with them. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't, because if it were up to me, Jeff Gorton and John Davidson would still have their jobs, but if they're not going to have their jobs, to me, this is the next best solution. I don't want to bring in some random GM who's just going to completely do things different. I don't want David Quinn to get fired, which is something that may or may not happen at the end of the season. I mean, that's something that we still have to get to as well. What does these firings mean uh, for the future of David Quinn? You know, uh, will the Rangers go in a completely different direction behind the bench as well? Um, as for Chris Drury, you know, again, I, I think that 
it's as good of an option as anybody. I wouldn't want, you know, Mark Messier has been trying to, I think, getting good with the Rangers and maybe get some kind of power within the organization. I wouldn't want to bring him in and have him completely reinvent the wheel just before we're going to see the fruits of the labor for this entire rebuild. Because again, I've said this and said this and said this. I do think this rebuild is moving in the right direction. And I think that the best thing that any Ranger general manager could do right now is to basically just keep the train on the tracks. Don't try to reinvent the wheel here. There are some tweaks to this roster that could be made. I think something that, you know, I've talked about on here and something that it's a sentiment that I think a lot of Ranger fans have is that, you know, the team could stand to add a little bit of grit, and I, I, I'm with you there. I think that maybe, you know, a middle six forward or two brought in in the offseason, that could be a good thing. And the Rangers, by all accounts, are projected to have about $23 million in cap space available to them this offseason, so they could be big spenders. But right now, it's just kind of hard to get a read on what they're going to do, what direction they're going to take this franchise, simply because the GM and the president just got fired. You know, I mentioned this the other day too, but for a while now, I feel like I've kind of had a sense of, you know, what kind of moves the Rangers might make, what kind of moves they wouldn't make, uh, the type of player that they like. But now, you know, trying to predict what the Rangers are going to do this offseason as far as who they might bring in in free agency, who they might look to trade for. I mean, I get the feeling, the fact that Dolan has decided that this rebuild isn't going fast enough for him and that he wants results now, I got to believe this could very easily mean that the Rangers are going to be 100% all in on trying to trade for Jack Eichel in this offseason. And they've been rumored to him to begin with, but the fact that the GM wants results right here, right now, I get the feeling the Rangers are going to come with their best possible offer for the Buffalo Sabres to try to acquire Jack Eichel. Now, as far as who might be heading to Buffalo in exchange for Eichel, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea who's safe, who's in danger of being traded. I mean, you know, just to get into a couple names here, I feel like maybe Buchnevich. And again, I don't want Butch David to be traded, but if you're going to acquire a player like Jack Eichel, you're going to have to give them something pretty nice in return. So Butch David could be somebody who heads uh, in the direction of the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe Keandre Miller is another. Uh, he had a rough night uh, the other night against Boston, although you know, everybody had a rough night last night against Boston, so I'm not going to kill him for it. But yeah, I mean, Keandre Miller, a good young player, somebody that the Buffalo Sabres could be interested in. Uh, maybe... I don't think the Sabres would be interested in Ryan Strom simply because he only has one year left on his contract and they are a rebuilding team. So I don't really know what that would do to bring in Ryan Strom if you're the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, but Ryan Strom is somebody I could see being traded in the offseason and I don't want that to happen. I've mentioned this to you guys before. I think he's really stood up as a team leader this year. He shows that he has a little bit more toughness, a little bit more grit than I think maybe he got credit for. And once again, dispelled the notion that he can only produce when he's out there with Artemi Panarin because he continued to kill it for this team when Artemi Panarin was out this season. And so, but, you know, the reason I think he could be traded his value might never be higher than it is right now. You know, he is getting into his late 20s. I believe he's 27 right now. He's only got one year left on his deal, and the Rangers might just think, like, there's no better time than now to uh, get some value for Ryan Strom. But if they're going to make that move, I can't imagine it would be, like, for draft picks or, you know, prospects because, again, we apparently have an owner now that is demanding results right here, right now. So I don't think uh, he's going to be on board with moves like that, you know, trading uh, a really, really good player in Ryan Strom for prospects because that almost resets the rebuild. So if you're going to trade Ryan Strom, I would imagine it would be to bring in somebody who's already on an NHL roster and somebody who I guess you might think, the Rangers might think would be a better fit for the team than Ryan Strom, although be careful what you wish for, man. Ryan Strom has really played well for this team over the last few seasons, so I wouldn't be in any hurry to give him away. But again, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here. I'm trying to get in the mind, trying to get into the mindset of whatever it is that the Rangers are doing right now and trying to just get a sense of, you know, what this team could look like next season 
I could even see Vitaly Kravtsov getting traded, and he's somebody that I think the Sabres would be very interested in if the Rangers were going to come with a package for Jack Eichel. Uh, but the reason I could see Kravtsov getting moved, you know, he is a very promising player. Definitely seems like he has a lot of upside. Looks like he uh, very well has a chance to live up to his lofty draft status, being a top 10 pick by the Rangers a couple of years ago. But again, he's just getting started in the NHL, and we've got an owner who's throwing a fit and wants results right here, right now. So I could see somebody like Vitaly Kravtsov possibly being moved by the Rangers in the offseason to bring in a more established NHL player, somebody that can come in and help you right away, a kind of player that you know what you're going to get right off the bat. You know, it's somebody who's not a work in progress or somebody who has upside, somebody who's already reached their upside, somebody who's already, you know, a very, very good player in this league. Uh, and again, I don't know this for sure. I'm just speculating. I'm trying to get inside the head of the Rangers, whatever they might look to do in this offseason. And again, your guess is as good as mine as far as what could happen. If, if I'm Drury, honestly, I'm just looking to stay the course, but he might be under some pressure to uh, make some moves and uh, change the dynamic of this team going forward. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens. We'll continue to talk about this in the days and weeks to come here. And uh, for the rest of today, going to talk a little bit about this Ranger Bruins game and uh, also just talk a little bit about the future of the Rangers. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. As far as this game against the Bruins last night, like we said, the Rangers lost 4 to nothing. It was their fifth consecutive loss, and it just looks like a team that had nothing left in the tank, and I think understandably so once again after that war against the Capitals the night prior. Uh, the Bruins came in with a record of 10-2-1 in their last 13 games, and it certainly looked like it. I mean, the Bruins just got the jump of them from the start. The Rangers had... Little to no scoring opportunities. I don't remember there being a single time in this game where it looked like the Rangers were going to score, at least to me. I mean, Swayman got the, the shutout for the Bruins, but I think quite a few goalies in hockey would have gotten the shutout for the Bruins last night going up against this Ranger team. As far as the line combinations, I mean, look, I'm not going to kill Quinn for any of these uh, decisions here. I'll just run through it and offer my very quick opinion on the matter here. But, of course, when you're missing as many players as the Rangers are missing right now, you basically just have to piecemeal it together. So... 
Yeah, you get a top line of Alexi Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, and Colin Blackwell. So Colin Blackwell jumps up to the first line for the Rangers. On the second line, you had Ryan Strom, Saren Capo Caco, and Johnny Brodzinski. The only thing I would have done different here, well, two things, actually. So I probably would have looked to get Vitaly Krasov into a top six role and maybe put him on the top line just because why not? You know, he's somebody that obviously if the Rangers don't end up trading him for an already established player, as we already talked about, then... Krasov is somebody who has, you know, a pretty big future with this team. Former first-round pick, former top 10 overall pick. So I, I think, you know, especially with all the injuries, I would have probably looked to try to get him uh, some time in the top six. I mean, the Rangers mix and match a little bit throughout the night, trying to get some kind of a spark, trying to get something going. But I think I just would have started with uh, Krasov on the top line. The other thing I probably would have looked to do is had Lafreniere and Kako on the same line. Once again, the Rangers have a lot invested in both of these players, and we have seen them playing together at times you know, recently, but I think I just, you know, with only two games left in the season, I think it just would have made sense to have the two of them on the same line, continuing to build that kind of chemistry going forward. Because like we said, Rangers obviously have a ton invested in both of these players. And you got to believe as the years go by here, uh, the there are going to be games where Kako and Lafreniere are out there on the same line together. So those are the only tweaks that I would have made. But just to round out the uh, lineup here, the third line, you had Philip Heedle centering Tim Gettinger, who made his debut for the Rangers this season. Uh, he played in a couple of games last year. He even got into one playoff game for the Rangers last year, but obviously this was his first game with the New York Rangers this year. Had a decent season with Hartford, nine goals and 10 assists with the Hartford Wolfpack. But yeah, Heedle, Gettinger, and Kraftsoff, that was the third line. And then the fourth line, uh, Kevin Rooney centering Morgan Barron and Philip DiGiuseppe. Morgan Barron got his first goal the other night. And then as far as the defense pairings are concerned, you had Ke'Andre Miller out there with Adam Fox, Libor Hayek out there with Zach Jones, and Anthony Potato out there with Brennan Smith. I mean, again, it's a total nitpick. I think I maybe would have split up the two veterans, maybe move Smith up to the second pairing with Libor Hayek, maybe drop Zach Jones down to the third pairing. Although, you know what? They're probably just looking to get run for the young players and, and the guys that they have a lot invested in, in the future. And that's why you see Miller, Hayek, and Jones all in top four roles while uh, Potato and Smith are on the third pairing there. So again, I don't want to just completely pick it apart. The Rangers, like I said, they um they did not have their A lineup last night, and it's a team that's just reeling right now, given everything that's happening both on and off the ice in the last week for this team. And uh, really, one of the last couple of things that I wanted to get into today is Adam Fox and his case for the Norris Trophy. I've already made my position clear that he is far and away the best defenseman in the NHL this season. I think he should absolutely win the award. Something that I've heard discussed on MSG is the idea that, you know, Adam Fox might be facing a little bit of an uphill battle to win this award simply because the Rangers are not going to be a playoff team. And everybody else who's in the mix for this award, it certainly looks like their teams will be going to the playoffs or they've in fact already clinched. I think, yeah, basically all of them, have, their teams have already clinched a playoff spot. But I think verbiage as it pertains to these awards given out by the NHL, is very important here. And just like I made the case last year that Artemi Panarin should be the MVP because MVP, the Hart Trophy, it goes to the player deemed most valuable to his team. It is not necessarily the absolute best player in the league. And, and there could have been a case made that Artemi Panarin was that as well. But there was no case to be made as far as who was the most valuable player in the league last year. It was Artemi Panarin. That should have been his trophy. He didn't get it. But for Adam Fox... You know, I'm hearing all this chatter about, well, you know, the Rangers, they're not going to the playoffs, so that might hurt his chances. It shouldn't hurt his chances, at least not based on what this award is made to represent and the description of who, which player this award is supposed to go to. The Norris Trophy, I'm going to read this to you guys word for word here, what this is made to represent, who this is made to go to. The Norris Trophy is awarded annually to the NHL's 
top defense player who demonstrates throughout the season the greatest all-around ability in the position. That's Adam Fox. There's nothing there about being the most valuable defenseman. There is nothing there about being the defenseman whose team goes to the playoffs. There's nothing there about being the defenseman whose team wins the Stanley Cup. It's simply who is the best at the position, and that is Adam Fox. And if you want to look at the stats really quick, if you want to go by points, which I know there's more to it than that, especially at the position of defenseman, but Adam Fox is a phenomenal two-way defenseman. It's not like he slouches in the back end or anything like that. He's just as good defensively as he as he is offensively. But as far as comparing points here, you know, I think that's a lot of times one of the first couple of areas that everybody looks you know, when it comes to determining these awards, whether it's MVP or Rookie of the Year or the Norris Trophy, whatever it might be, Adam Fox leads the way. 47 points. It's the most from any NHL defenseman. He has five goals and 42 assists. His 42 assists leads the league among defensemen. The next highest defenseman, as far as assists is concerned, is Chris Letang. He has 38. So Adam Fox has a four-assist lead on the second-place guy. Uh, I already mentioned that Fox has 47 points. That's also tops in the league. Tyson Berry and Chris Letang each have 45 points. Victor Hedman and John Carlson each have 44 points. If you want to go to plus-minus, I realize it's not a perfect stat, but it is something worth at least looking at, I think. Uh, Adam Fox is a plus-18. The only guy who's really in the mix who's got him beat there is Chris Letang. Letang is a plus-19, but, I mean, it's one goal. I don't think that should matter too much. Uh, if you want to compare it to the other defensemen who are in the mix for this award, Tyson Berry's a plus-6. Victor Hedman's a plus-7. John Carlson is a minus three. If you want to look at time on the ice per night, which I think is important as well, only Victor Hedman, at least from the guys that are in the mix for this award here, has Adam Fox be Adam Fox 24 minutes and 42 seconds per night. Victor Hedman is at 25.04. As far as points on the power play, it's the same deal. Adam Fox is in second of the defenseman that we talked about, 23 points. Victor Hedman's got 24 and for points per game, Adam Fox leading the way with 0.87 points per game. He is tied with Tyson Berry uh, for the league lead among defensemen in points per game at 0.87. So uh, I think Adam Fox has got to be the guy. He should be the front runner. There is nothing in there about how your team has to go to the playoffs for you to be a serious contender for this award. There's nothing in there about overall team success, most valuable. There's nothing about that. It is simply the best at the position. And if you're going by the layer of the law, I really do think Adam Fox is the guy. Because again, there is nothing in there about being the most valuable defenseman. It is simply about being the absolute best defenseman. And that's Adam Fox. And then one final thing that I wanted to do here before we call it a day is to give a shout out to the two members of our Lockdown New York Rangers Fantasy League who are currently playing for the league championship. A league champion will be determined once all the games conclude this weekend. And this is something that I've been trying to get to all week, but you guys might have noticed it was kind of a busy week in New York Ranger land. So haven't been able to get to it, but definitely wanted to throw it in here at the very end. Uh, we've got the five-seated Danville Whalers coached by Daniel, and they are taking on the number two-seeded Topeka Tiger Sharks coached by Joe. So a big, big congratulations to both of them uh, for making it to our league championship here. Obviously, you know, you are one of the last two teams standing in a 20-team league. That's very, very impressive. And this fantasy league has just been an absolute blast this season. Anybody who played is welcome to come back next season. And anybody who's listening to this and might want to jump into the league next year, uh, we'll see what we can do. I'd imagine there will probably be a couple of spots open. But anybody who was in the league this year, just say the word. You're back next year, and uh, we'll lock you in and make things happen. Definitely excited to see uh, who pulls out the win here. Joe does have an 8-1 to lead on Dan as of now, but I suppose you never know what can happen. There are still a handful of games remaining here. So we'll look to see what happens. 
And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.